0: Let's do
1: it.
2: Well, good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldizan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call. It's 499-9526. And that number will get you right straight to the top of the list.
0: That's right. All our lines are open. And- That's a fact. Waiting for someone to give us a
2: call? <laughs> Hoping for somebody to call in so we don't have to sit here and just talk to each other for the next hour. Or, there you go. Actually, next 45, 45 minutes. Yeah, I'll yeah. say. <laughs> Time to filter out the commercials and what have you. There you go. Hey, give us a call. And of course, if you're outside of our calling area, you can always add 225 area code to the front of that number, and that'll get you right straight to us. Folks who listen on the Internet or iHeart or Stitcher or one of those type radio services
0: right we're still giving away our agco t-shirt for the longest distance call
2: absolutely and you just call in and tell our producer exactly where you're calling from and she'll the the one that calls from the furthest distance we will get you a agco t-shirt shipped right on out to you there you go and that's the way that works (laughs) (laughs) in case you don't care to call in today or something come up or occurs to you during the week
0: that's right you can always visit our website and get your questions answered there The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. You can take the acronyms, A Great Company. That's right. Or Altazan's Garage Company. That's right. That'll get you to our site. Either one. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night. Mm -hmm. We'll get it back to you within 24 hours. Use the form on the site. Mm -hmm. That'll get you straight to us. That's
2: right. I put an article in there this morning, and this Seems kind of like an obscure thing, I guess, to some folks. But you'd be amazed how many questions we get. People will call and say, "My brake lights are not working." And sometimes it's one brake light, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's all. Sometimes they're staying on, but for whatever reason, brake lights seem to give a lot more trouble than I ever thought they did.
0: Well, just on the way here this morning, I mm-hmm. noticed two vehicles. All they had was the third brake light. Yeah, that just the one on the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was it.
2: And there's a number of things that can happen to brake lights. They can stay on when they shouldn't, which right. will run your battery dead, or they can not come on when they should, which is equally or possibly even worse. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> At least somebody following behind you with them stuck on. They go, they just keep on stopping. But that's it. Diagnosing brake lights is not terribly difficult, but it's very very easy to go wrong. You can get off on a tangent and change a whole lot of parts that you don't have to, and really not hit the problem.
0: Well, back in the day, you had your brake lights ran. Back in the '60s, they ran it actually ran through the turn signal switch. Well, and they still do for the most part. For some of them, they still do. Mm-hmm. And you had a on-off switch on the brake pedal, the old plunger switch, and it ran 12 volts to the wires right. and ground. Lights come on, went off.
2: And a lot of them still operate similar to that. Some of them, there's more than one switch because brakes. It's actually called a boo. Break-on-off uh-huh. input.
0: That's a Ford acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Break-on-off, As it.
2: Has to give a signal to the body module so that it knows when to come out of lock-up for the transmission, when to release cruise control, and so on. So it's a little more complex now, but with just a little bit of a systematic approach, you can generally find the problem pretty easy yourself. It's one of those things that you can actually find yourself. So right. pretty good article there, a lot of pictures and what have you, and I think that'll help a lot of folks out.
0: Oh, definitely, especially the, the guys that – know a little bit about it. That's right. They can follow that. I'm tongue here.
2: Yeah, they can follow information and get an idea of how to go, what to look for. In fact, I pretty frequently will go on Edmonds.com on their forum, and there's questions on there. A lot of times I'll answer those for folks. And there was one this morning on brake light. So right. I just provided a link to us. I said, hey, looking "Here, look so in here. I bet you can figure out whatever you need. There you <laughs> go. go. So it worked out real really well. But tons of tons of information on there. Questions, answers, how to's, pictures, pictures, you name it, it's on there. And just did a few updates to the front page of the site. We've always had our tips on there, but it was kind of in an obscure location. They had sort of an ugly little button you'd push for the next tip. Kind of dress that up, modernize it, put a little prettier button on it.
0: There you go. And
2: a few extra things we kind of done. We've been working on the site a good bit lately. So pop on there if you hadn't been on there a while. I think you'll really like it. www.agcoauto.com. I think you'll find something on there that'll entertain you. And we're going to our phone lines with John. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning. Good morning. I got a feeling maybe one reason you're not getting a lot of calls is I can't seem to dial out on my regular home phone. oh uh, I get a dial tone, but it, it won't dial. Well, with the weather being like it is, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but what I'm calling about uh-huh. is uh, tires. I've heard you talk at length about uh, yes, sir. not putting uh, bad tires on your car. And yes, all sir. That, right? mm-hmm. Okay, so we all know that the top-of-the-line Michelins are good. Yes, sir. Right? But is there anything else that's any good? I mean, I'm looking right now at also at Generals. Uh-huh a general g-max ac
2: yeah john i tell you the truth i have not and again i'm not trying to slam anybody's product but all i can Uh tell you is what my experience has been and i have not had very good luck with a general product at all really if you notice there's no dealers anymore remember there used to be general tire dealers all over yeah they're all gone now and there's a reason for that (laughs) But I like the Michelin, obviously, a whole lot. BF Goodrich seems to make a pretty good product. We've used some of those.
0: Yeah, Unirol.
2: Unirol is a decent product. In fact, those are actually both owned by Michelin. They are autonomous companies, but they are owned by Michelin Group. And each one makes its own tires. Most of the other stuff, in my experience, you kind of go from the real good straight down to the real bad. It's just not a whole lot in between. And there probably are some other decent tires out there, but the other guys just seem to hit and miss a whole lot. You know, they may make one good series of tires and make a horrible series right behind it. Yeah, of course, I've
3: been been looking at surveys on tire mm -hmm, markets. Yeah. And the general comes up real good. Well, you see, the
2: problem you got there, John, is that those surveys are filled out by folks who just bought the tire. Uh And they got a pretty good price on this tire. And they put them on, and they're rolled, and they're pretty, and they're black, and hey, they're great. But now, go out about a year and a half when uh, the tires start separating and shaking and shimmying. Well, nobody <laughs> goes back and they hey I'll send what I wrote, you know?
3: Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to avoid, having just gone through that with a set of Continental.
2: Right, and it's just kind of like, car the car things you know they'll say well the best new car ratings well it's a new car my god how many things could go wrong you know everybody's happy when they got a new car i mean they just plunked down forty two thousand bucks they're gonna be pretty happy
0: and if they're not they're really not gonna say anything if they're
2: not they're not gonna say much but yeah you almost got to it's kind of a skewed thing yeah you, know, you really can't rate or rank something until you've had it for a while so
3: yeah,
0: i
2: well, usually okay. take those with a grain of salt
3: i see okay so if i go with missions i'm safe i know that but yeah uh, sir. And, But then, secondly, if I'm looking, trying to save a nickel or two, because Mm -hmm. in my category, uh, the differences in money are great, Mm -hmm. then I guess I I could look at Goodrich and yes, look look at their products,
2: and particularly, that's probably either going to be a V or Z rated tire in that Jaguar. I would think,
3: yeah, definitely.
2: In in those tires, the Goodrich product seems to be pretty decent. Some of their lower end tires I'm not that crazy about, but in the in the upper end speed rated tires. They're pretty comparable across the board with the good stuff.
3: Okay, so well, Maybe I'll, uh, something to look for. Change my direction. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, John. Thank good luck to much. you, man. Okay, All right. right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526. Number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Don online. Good morning,
0: Don.
1: Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing great, doing great sir. Doing great, sir. All right. Well, I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. I'm looking at right. you on iHeartRadio. I great. Well, hey. Very Good. I used to live in Baton Rouge. That's how I know about your show. Okay. I have a 98 Sable. Uh-huh. I've been folded to Katrina car. Okay. I've fixed a lot of the rust problems and things like that on it, but I got a brake leak, and I can't find it. Okay. Basically, I, I put about a, uh, you know, a pint of Dot 3 in the car yes, sir. every month, uh-huh. but I can't find a leak. I've taken it in. Mm-hmm. They said they can't find a leak well it possibly be causing this
2: leak. Yeah, if you're losing that much fluid, you have a pretty sizable leak down. What I would do is pull the master cylinder away from the brake booster and okay. look in there because what normally happens when you can't find the leak, see the brake booster is vacuum operated. So that okay. vacuum will suck that fluid right into the booster. It can hold probably a pint pint and a half oh. inside the booster at least. At least and the rest of it gets sucked up and burned in the motor.
1: Oh. So okay. that
2: now pretty important to act on that too because that brake fluid going in the booster will ruin the booster and you end up having to buy a booster and a master cylinder but if they've done a pretty thorough inspection on the outside I mean it's not rocket science it's really not a whole lot of place for brake fluid to hide most of okay. the system you can see it real plainly so if they can't find a leak like at the wheel cylinders or the calipers or any the, of that hoses stuff the hoses lines. then that's almost always where it's going to be is leaking into the booster
1: Okay, and getting the fluid in that booster and master cylinder, that's a, that's a bad thing. It's right.
2: very, very bad. In fact, Don, when you start looking around for boosters, and I recommend you buy a new one from Ford because Ford sells those at a pretty attractive price. The rebuilt okay. ones are pretty much junk, and most people won't even sell you a rebuilt booster without selling you a master cylinder with it. Okay. Because they know that it—that's 90% of the boosters that go out is because the master cylinder went bad and leaked into it. They don't want you putting that one on there. but. Check with the Ford dealer. You might be surprised. Those boosters are not. I mean, they're expensive, but they aren't like some. Some of your General Motors boosters are like eight, dollars $900. Oh, and wow. I want to say Ford is probably in the $180, 170 range
0: now for there. a brand okay. new booster. If you can't find what kind one. Of
1: labors, what kind of labor's entailed on getting that replaced?
2: Not too bad. About
0: three, two, two about hours. Two hours yeah. ought to do it.
2: Yeah. You've um, done a million of them, Brian.
0: Yeah. If, if you happen not to be able to find one in your area. There's actually a, a gentleman in your area that runs a re, uh, booster rebuilding company. Oh, yeah, really? okay. yeah. You'll have to look him up. Get on the internet and yeah. look up brake booster does, rebuilders. Does a lot of classic cars. He does, and he he built one for me, and it works great.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic.
2: So, okay, guys,
0: should you happen not to be able to find a new one, right. I would, I would try that route.
1: There you go. Sounds awesome. Well, thank you so I much died. for your help, guys. Hey, thanks you're Kyle, very man. welcome. My pleasure.
2: Okay, bye bye i four nine 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 five two six. 9526 Area code 225 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. You did get Don's address. I'm sure, hey, you got the right. thumbs up. There we go. <laughs> I, knew, I knew she got it. Something. There you go. You know, somebody, you take one look at it, you know she got it. That's it. <laughs> very efficient, very efficient producer. Great. Hey, we're going to take a quick little break and be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. Ever plan to motor west. Travel my way, take the highway,
1: that's the best. I get
4: you. For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms.
5: We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, questions like uh, Is Carrot Top an android? Um, why are those birds so angry? Uh, and uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop-shoe-bop-shoe-bop? Bop, bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to AGCO Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about AGCO and having repairs done from the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot It seems like across the universe everyone knows that AGCO is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken.
4: Sir, I've often pondered those myself. Hey, welcome
2: back. If you're just us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldizan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, if you us trying to answer any automotive questions you might have, why don't you go and give us calls 499-9526. And just in case you're outside of our calling area, it's 225. 225- and that'll get you right on up to us. It. We'll put you up straight at the top of the list and try to get your question asked, get some information. Maybe keep you making a mistake.
0: Maybe get you going again.
2: That's right, save you from wasting some money.
0: And weather like this today, you don't want to get broke down anywhere. So uh. <laughs> that
2: is a fact. <laughs> Boy, it is nasty out. Uh, of course, I don't know where you're listening, but if you happen to be anywhere around the Baton Rouge area, yeah. it is really, really nasty outside nasty little rain dark yeah 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 give me a good book and curl up somewhere (laughs) that's it that's about all you know we're talking with john about tires and different tires and so on and so forth and one thing that i guess a lot of people don't think of that when they think of a cheap tire they think of well maybe it doesn't last as long maybe it doesn't ride as smooth but what they don't think about is that cheap tires are just too expensive and that kind of sounds like a contradiction. It does. However, if you add everything in, we get a lot of cars in that are broken. Here at AGCO. But we see a lot of cars with leaking struts, bad ball joints, bad tie rods, bad wheel bearings. Right. And there's one thing they almost always have in common.
0: They got a cheap tire on them.
2: That's right. Because cheap tires are not manufactured to the same standards as the better tires. They're not round. Now... A tire not being round, folks will say, "Well, it balanced. Well, yeah, I can balance an egg. It's It'll just not going. Ro- yeah, I can balance anything. It's just not going to roll smooth. It's constantly vibrating, and what happens with the vibration? It starts out at the tire, the first place it goes is into the wheel bearing. Correct. The wheel bearing tries to stop the vibration as best it can. At some point, it starts to get slack in the bearing, and now the vibration passes all to the next part which is possibly the tie rod or the ball joint or got whatever, until it starts to shake that apart, inevitably it's going to pass on to the steering wheel and the driver's going to start feeling it. Correct. And what will happen is folks come in and say, well, I got this shake about 45 miles an hour and used to not be there. Well, it was probably always there. It's just it had to beat some front end up parts up before you could feel it. Correct. And a lot of times, too, it will start out at a high speed, like maybe 70 miles an hour, because you have to get going fast enough for it to shake enough for you to feel it. Right. Then the speed kind of keeps coming down as the front end of the car wears out. And what you end up with is spending $800 to $1,000 to save $200 on a set of tires. We see it every day. (laughs) It really makes no sense. And it goes back to overall lowest cost. In other words, is it cheaper to buy... A set of tires and save $200 and tear up eight, hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff under the car. Or is it cheaper to go ahead and buy a better set of tires, which number one, last a lot longer. Number two, ride a lot better. Number three, don't do any damage to the car. See, it's just a lot cheaper. And yes, you know, always my comment is I can't afford cheap tires. In fact, I can't afford to sell cheap tires. That's it. Because I'm not in business to have you come in one time and never come back. I'm in business to have you as a customer from now on. And you notice from working there so long that how many customers do we have that have been customers for 30 years or more?
0: Oh, a lot. ton. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's real nice they walk in the door, "Hi Miss Jones, how you doing?" da 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 da. You know, you know these people because you've been seeing them for years and years and years and years. And that's the way we like to do business, and I'm not going to jeopardize all that by selling a man a cheap tire that's going to give him trouble.
0: That's right. I do the alignment work at Echo. That's right. And inevitably, three or four vehicles a week, mm-hmm. when they come in the door, it's pulling one way or it's yeah. pulling the other way. Got a hard pull. So the first thing I do is look at the brand of the tire and then take it to the machine, jack it up, cross the front tires, and go drive it again. Right. And if it pulls the other way, I've well, done nothing but cross the tires. So we know we've got bad tires.
2: That's right. At that and point, that, costs,
0: that costs time and that costs money.
2: But at that point, you could stop without spending a whole lot more money and tell the customer, hey, you have a tire issue. And we always get to say, well, they're brand new. Well, I know they're brand new, but it's like everything else you buy nowadays is brand new. It that's doesn't it. work. It's, not... it's just there's tons and tons and tons of inferior quality stuff on the market. There is. And that's not to say that every tire out there is bad, but it's just as the price goes down, it seems the percentage of bad ones goes go up. way up, at least in our experience, the, the ones that we're seeing trouble with. Hey, let's go to our phone lines. We have got Doug online. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Lewis. I got a question I want to ask you. You bet.
3: Let me preface this by saying okay. people, the question of fiction I ask you, uh, people believe in it, and they really get upset, and that is beads in a tire. What is your opinion on putting beads in a tire?
2: Yeah, Doug, I've seen that. All I can say, the evidence, the real scientific evidence that I've seen suggests that it does not do anything. If you got it and you love it and it works for you, God bless you, go ahead. But... I just don't see how it's going to really work. Certainly not permanently work. I don't like putting anything inside of a tire in the first place. It doesn't go in there. And it's so simple to balance a tire properly that there's really no sense in that. One thing that we see a lot, Doug, we get people coming to shop all the time. They'll say, look, I need rotate and balance. And the first question out of your mouth is, well, why do you need rotate and balance? They've just become programmed to ask for those two together, a lot of people actually believe every time you rotate tires tire, you should rebalance them. Now, this is the truth. And that is, if a tire is put on that rim properly and balanced properly with the right weights, it's not ever gonna get out of balance. I mean, if you think about it, it's rolling down the road. It's wearing perfectly even. It's just like being in a lathe. It's wearing the same amount all the way around the tire. It's not going to get out of balance.
0: That is, as long as it's wearing evenly right. all the way across around the whole tire. Right.
2: Now, obviously, if you have another problem and it chops the tire up, it can get out of balance. Correct. Or if you lose a weight, it can get out of balance. But the vast majority of cars, I know the, the tires that we sell, generally we balance when we put them on. That is the last time we're going to see them for the next 60, 70, 80, whatever thousand miles when they come back for another set of tires.
0: Well, it's been my experience working with ceramic or
3: glass. Mm-hmm. And if you have them rotating like that, they hit it's it against each other. They turn into, they get pulverize each other. Well. So therefore, you lose your balancing effect.
2: That's right. And, you know, I just don't want to put anything inside of a tire. If you think about it, something in a tire, and we've run across this before, where a guy will have a balance problem he just cannot solve. I mean, he's been everywhere. They balance tires and they keep shaking, yah, yah, yah. Inevitably, we will break the tire down and there's a small amount of water or fix a flat or something inside the tire. Now, what happens when you put this on a balance machine, it's spinning about 45 miles an hour. Right. It's sitting in the bottom of that tire and the tire's tire is going around. So the tire is balanced. At a higher speed, say 60 or 70, centrifugal force starts to make it go around with the tire. Well, now it's right. way out of balance. So you got a fluid object that's going to change with speed. It just doesn't make sense to me. Why not just put a tire on the rim, balance it right, get a round tire to start with, and you never got to, to fool with it anyway.
3: Well, I agree. I agree with you, and that was my objection to it. Mm-hmm. And but I just wanted your opinion on well, it.
2: So, I sure appreciate
3: it. Thank you
2: so much, oh. and you clarified that very well. Thank okay, you. Doug, face caller, man. All right, you're welcome. Bye, bye, bye. Four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour,
0: you know a balanced tire is not that easy to come across. Mm-hmm. because to balance a tire correctly, the rim, the face of the rim where it bolts to the hub has to be spotless. That's right. With no chips in the in the cone area. That's right. Or anything like Burrs. that. Because if you do, you can actually, if you just put it on a machine, spin it, throw weights on it, if you don't check it, mm-hmm. then it's not not balanced correctly. Well,
2: and there's, there's tons and, of ways, like everything else, to do it wrong.
0: Well, yeah
2: got a big, yeah. big article on the website on wheel balance. In fact, I can just go in there and type in the word balance in the search bar and it'll bring it up.
0: It's a great article. Really goes need to read a it goes into a
2: lot, a lot, a lot about balance, way, way more than you would think. I had a guy who bought a set of tires and he was a name brand, good quality tire, but it uh-huh. still had a lot of trouble with it. And I said, well, they weren't mounted right. What do you mean? Anybody can mount a tire. And I even wrote another article, can a caveman mount a tire? Right. I remember that one. <laughs> and The fact is that no, everybody can't mount a tire because I can name about 20 things you can do in mounting a tire that will absolutely ruin a brand new high quality tire. You can take a brand new Michelin MXV4 high end tire and destroy it, putting it on the rim. That's right. Very easily. And it's just all part of the same thing. You just got to do everything a certain way in order to come up with a good result. But once a tire is, is mounted right, balanced right, put on the rim, it's not ever going to change. It doesn't have to be rebalanced. Uh-huh. Balance is a repair. It's not a maintenance. Correct. Line. Hey, let's go to our line with
1: Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you doing
2: today? Doing day? great, sir. Good
0: morning.
1: Good. I have a 01 Cavalier. I have uh, replaced, the, I guess, the brake shoes on the rear. Uh huh. And occasionally, uh, if it's been setting up for two or three days and okay. I haven't used it uh-huh. or it's also seems like if it's cold weather, mm-hmm. if I get in and hit the brake pedal, uh-huh. it's like a deep thud or a pump or something, okay, uh, that I wasn't experiencing beforehand.
2: Does it happen one time and then kind of clear up after that, Mark? It, it, does. it does. Let me give you a number of things because that may not be one problem or it may be any one of a number of problems. First off, look under the car. You know where you stick the little tool there to adjust the brakes? There's a little rubber plug that goes in that hole, make sure that little rubber plug is in that hole because people, those get knocked out all the time. People leave them out. They don't think they're important. And what will happen is that moisture can actually soak into the brake shoes overnight and the first stop, they're going to act kind of goofy. And then once they heat up a little bit, it'll clear up. That's one thing. Another thing is humidity getting there can rust the drum. Of course, first time you stop once, twice, it cleans all the rust off the drum. So it doesn't do it any longer. Now, moving up from there and assuming that everything is assembled correctly, you know, the primary shoe's on the primary side, secondary shoe's on the secondary side, all the springs are in there, they're tight, it's the right springs in the right place and all that. You can have wear on the backing plates, and the backing plate has three little dots on each side where the shoe has to ride in and out when it's applied and released. A little bit of wear in that area can cause that kind of problem. It'll be way worse when the shoe is cold. Also, if that's not properly lubricated, you can have that. In fact, if you go on the website, there's a nice, nice article called Diagnosing Drum Brake Problems, and it will show you pictures and, I mean, things you never, ever, ever thought about, stuff like bent backing plates, on and on and on and on. Another thing is, you didn't mention if you changed the rear wheel cylinders or not, sometimes a wheel cylinder, because as a shoe wears, the pistons come out of their bores. And they ride in that position for years and years and years. Well, a little area right between the two pistons will tend to rust and corrode because there's no activity there. You go put a new set of shoes on there, you push the pistons back in. Well, now those pistons are riding in that corroded area, and they can start to bind and cause problems like that. Okay. So it's just any number of things. That's enough to keep you busy this weekend. Right.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate it very much.
2: Okay, Mark. Thanks for calling, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. 499 9526 number if you want to be part of the automotive we would love to have you we got to take a quick little break todd john hang on you guys will be straight up after this break
4: reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer.
6: Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat. No doubt. Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So
4: you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over
6: the world. No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repair work can cost you Time and money down the road, and taking their vehicle to Agco means it gets fixed right the first time. So
4: if you want to learn more about how Louis Altazan is a servant to an alien overlord, visit AgcoAuto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com.
6: Dave, you're really trying to boost ratings, aren't you? Uh, sorry. Wait, Dave, Congress is no longer deadlocked, and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish. Yes, people, our tax money hard at work. I'm Kit Moyer, signing off.
7: Welcome back. It if you're joining the
6: automotive, automotive
2: Hour, I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Between Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? i will be glad to hear from you. And we've got John online. Good morning, John. Good
7: morning, guys. I got, got a 07 uh-huh. DMC half ton crew cab. All right, sir.
2: I've
7: got two problems, and I don't know if they're related, so I'll first give you both problems. Sure. The first problem is. When I come to a stop,
3: uh-huh.
7: red light or whatever in traffic, before I even put my phone on the gas, when I lift up the brake, I feel a bump. Clunk. Yep. I know what that one is. <laughs> but, it's not, but it's not. I mean, and I could put on the gas. Yeah. and It doesn't happen.
2: No, I don't know exactly what that one is, John. What's the second one?
7: Well, the second one is, is I was in the church parking lot waiting to pick up the kids. uh I coasting uh-huh. through the parking lot. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, eight miles an hour just under idle. Yes, sir. I, you know, I was hearing this weird, this whir sound, okay? So I just reached up and put it in neutral, and then I uh-huh. the coasted where the sound went away. Okay. Put it back in drive, the sound came back. Hmm.
2: Now, so, th- those two are not going to be related. Let me go to the first one first. Uh-huh. That's called drive shaft clunk. John, that was a real, real common issue with that body style truck. I'm assuming you're out of warranty now, being an oh, 07. Yeah. What happens is that when the the truck comes to a stop as you're braking, the wheels are trying to stop, the body's trying to move, which means the rear leaf springs are actually gonna wind up and the drive shaft is gonna plunge forward into the transmission, which is designed to do. It's got a spline there where it can slip forward and it'll move about an inch. Now, what happens is that for whatever reason, the machine work on those tail shafts and yokes were so rough from GM that when you brake, that spline will actually plunge into trans and bind. When you release the pressure, it'll pull, and that's the drive shaft pumping back out of the transmission. Now, the easiest possible fix on that is to remove the drive shaft and very judiciously take some synthetic grease and grease up the splines. In fact, if you go on my website and type in the word clunk, it's an article on this topic with pictures that shows you where to grease it, how to grease it, and so on and so forth. Now, GM has actually addressed this problem with a nickel-plated yoke that they've come out with. and i have not had a lot of experience with them because they're real expensive i want to say they're 250 bucks for the yoke plus you got to install it and all that so i never found anybody who wanted to pony up the bucks to to pay for that we just usually grease them Mm -hmm. now if you grease it, it's going to go away immediately but it's eventually going to come back maybe a year maybe two years then just pull it out and grease it again and since you can do that in about a half hour or less Mm-hmm. You can grease it a whole lot of times, so it's going to cost you to change that yoke.
0: And it's also, it's a good time to check the U-joints while you got the shaft out. That's
2: right. You can check your U-joints, make sure yeah. you don't have a U-joint problem. But that is a very, very common. does exactly what you're talking about. They call it drive shaft clunk. Almost like somebody bumps you from the back.
7: Yep, and it's only when you release the brake. That's right. right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, see, soon as soon as you let the pressure off, because of when well, you got the brake on, those springs are staying wound up. The second you let the brake off, the springs relax, pull the drive shaft back, clunk. That's when uh, you're going to get it. I see. So on that noise you're talking about, yeah. John, you said when you put it in neutral, it went away.
7: Yeah. So I'm just coasting to the parking lot Yeah, you know, under idle. Has it Facebook. come back
2: since then? Or do I do it at one time?
7: Well, I, I really have never heard it before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. what's it doing now? It's not doing it now.
7: Oh, well, when I coast to a parking lot, you know, under an idle, I hear it.
2: Okay. Well, if it's still there, you need to bring that in because that's some kind of a problem, like a thrust washer or something in the transmission. If you catch it right now, it's going to probably be a fairly, well, it's not minor cause I mean, transmission would have to come out and come apart, but it would probably be a finer, a lot more minor than a total rebuild would be. But almost any time you put it neutral and the noise changes it's going to be something that's moving like a forward sprag or something that's breaking down. If you bring it to the right guy, he can drop the pan on transmission, and you're probably going to see a lot of metal in that pan.
0: Going to have to cut the filter open, Cut the
2: filter open and look inside. You're going to see some little metal particles. you may even see a piece of a snap ring or something in there. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to wait for it to break. It's not not like a sore thumb. It ain't ever going to get better. And the noise is that something's getting chewed up. So you don't want to keep on going with that. You know, bringing in... Let's check it. I would drop the pan, look inside, see how much metal's in there. If it's a significant amount of metal, then you know you got to act right now. But what? how many miles you got on it, John?
3: 138.
2: Well, man, you're right about the golden point on a Chevrolet transmission. That's a 4L60E, and about 138 is normally the magic number on those. Hmm. Man, I would get that checked real fast because it's going to leave you stranded. That's what's going to happen. Something's going to break. That, and
7: Either that or trade it in at a, at a Chevrolet dealer.
2: Well, you could do that, but, I mean, think about it. If you... Let's say you got to do a total rebuild on transmission. Yeah. You're talking 2,500 bucks. Got a three year warranty on it. I ain't even the down payment on another truck. I mean, that ain't even the sales tax on another truck. Right. And the new one you get is going to have a six L in it, which is about a mm, eight or $9,000 rebuild when it goes out.
7: No kidding.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Plus 20 inch tires, which are 400 bucks a piece.
7: Yeah, right. You exactly. know, I mean, exactly, exactly. It's not
2: that big a deal to fix it. And the thing is, when we rebuild those, we can actually fix all the problems that Chevrolet left in there. We build it up to a four L sixty five. Put five planetary gears. We put aluminum pistons instead of plastic pistons. We put a billet steel reaction shell. We put a shift kit in it. I mean, we can build it the way Chevrolet should have built it to start with, and then you're done with it. And the truck's probably not gonna give you a whole lot of other problems other than that. I mean, I did, yeah. That, that's
7: it. So so far, knock on wood.
2: Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you, man, one thirty-eight to one forty. I couldn't tell you probably two, three times a week we're putting transmissions in those things. Really, that's mm-hmm. about all they get.
0: And usually, you don't catch them this soon. Yeah, usually they come in on a hook.
2: Yeah, something before. breaks, and it come in on the hook it, for the most part, and then you don't have the, the wherewithal to kind of plan it out like you do now. But, right. yeah, I would definitely, and you may even get by just repairing that and not having to rebuild it if, if it's clean enough inside. But that's something has snapped in there. Something's broke. Something's rubbing metal on metal, and that's what the noise is. And it's going to start chewing stuff up pretty fast. As soon as right. a chunk <laughs> of metal goes in the wrong spot, you're done. Right,
0: yeah. We actually caught one of those about – Four or five months ago on a test drive. Mm-hmm. It, went, it was in for just a regular maintenance r- right. service. Mm-hmm. And on the test drive, we actually heard a, a noise in it and dropped the pan. And sure enough, it had a broke snap ring in it. Yeah, laying in the fan. Took it apart, and that's what was going on. And something had, had failed inside. Right. But we mm-hmm. caught it before it.
2: In plenty of time.
0: Before it imploded.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks for the bad news. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 you mean to ruin your weekend there? <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thank call, you man. Bye-bye. All right, is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we're going to take one last little break, and we'll be right back with more.
4: For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms.
5: We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, Questions like, uh, is Carrot Top an android? Um, Why are those birds so angry? Uh, And uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop-shoe-bop-shoe-bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about Agco and having repairs done for the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. It seems like across the universe everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken. Sir,
4: I've often pondered those myself.
2: Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvarez, Mr. DeBriand. Terry, hey, between two of us, yeah. <laughs> I believe we can ask just about any question you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call put us to the test? That's it. There you go. <laughs> you talk about browsing, huh? A <laughs> <laughs> hey, 499-9526 number gets you right on up to the top of the list. And right. we got had a number of good calls today. We
0: have. That, Sever-
2: that, the last fellow was calling, and... That transmission that Chevrolet used for so long, that started out actually in nineteen eighty two as a seven hundred R four. Correct. And then it evolved into a 4L60, and then eventually into a 4L60E, which, which is an electronics electronic version right. of it. And it's not, I guess, a horrible transmission. And I know people who get 250,000 miles out of them. And they put them in everything. They do. Just
0: about everything that was rear-wheel drive got a 4L60.
2: Right. The Suburban, the Tahoe, the Yukon, the, the pickups, they all got that. And it seems to me around 138,000 miles where we start seeing trouble, right. <laughs> usually.
0: Right, right. Now— and-
2: If you service it on a regular basis, a proper transmission service, not a flush, you can maybe extend that out or at least increase your odds. Service can help with lubrication-related problems. Sure. Now, it can't help with an electrical failure. If a solenoid goes out, it's going to go out whether you service it or not. Right. And it can't help with metallurgy problems. If the reaction shell breaks, it's not going to help that. It's just going to break. It's just a weak design. In my opinion, it should have been changed back in 1982,
0: but... At least 1983.
2: (laughs) Yeah, at least by 1983.
0: And, you know, with a proper service, you can actually hedge your bet a a good bit. You can. when you drop the pan, you can check the pan for broken pieces. And then when you take the filter out, Mm -hmm. you can actually take the filter apart and cut it open. It's kind of like a sock. That's right. And it catches all the fluid and trash Mm -hmm. that goes into the transmission. When you open it up, mm-hmm. you can look in there and see what's in there.
2: Well, that's going to give you a heads up at very least because if you open it up and you see little particles of metal in there, little chunks and pieces of metal, you know, hey, we got a problem here.
0: That's right. We're fixing to get left.
2: It's a matter of time, so now you can make up your mind, well, I'm going to do this at my leisure and at my choice of shops rather than being on side road with a tow truck driver deciding where I'm going to go. Exactly. And I know a lot of people think, just like the last gentleman, say, well, I'll go trade it in. I say, well, yeah, but think about what you're doing. A new truck is forty thousand dollars,
0: and if the vehicle you have now does what you need it to that's do, right. that's right. and it's still in good condition, other than a transmission yeah. problem. Yeah, that's that's really, and it, it's almost worth keeping.
2: Well, forty k in East Baton Rouge Parish, talking nine percent sales tax. Yeah. And oh, we got thirty eight hundred dollars sales tax,
0: something like that. Of course,
2: we're gonna get a whole lot for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get all these wonderful services for that. Sure, <laughs> sure. Can yeah. you get the
0: concrete fixed? That's uh,
2: right. But the newer trucks. Are not only going to come with a six-speed transmission, which is much, much more involved when it inevitably fails, and it right
0: in you know GM's track record. Yeah, the transmissions has not been that great. That's right.
2: Well, and you take the twenty-inch tires that they're sticking on them now. So you're talking three hundred fifty bucks a piece for tires.
0: All the electronics they're sticking. All in the in them electronic
2: now. gadgetry, which right. is cool. I oh, it's, give it's it that. Neat, man, it's really it's, neat.
0: It's Until got some it new stuff.
2: Yeah lady was in just the other day and she will call me rather she didn't come in and she says i've tried to start my car and it won't start i said well, when you turn the key what does it do?" well i don't have a key i've got a little thing in my pocket when i push the button it doesn't start so well, right. what does it do so it doesn't do anything i said well try changing the battery in the remote but if that doesn't do it you're gonna have to tow it in and you're probably into some pretty sizable repairs here right because it's kind of cool to be able to just get in there and push a button and go until that little transmitter goes out and it's 1800 bucks for another one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you just got to kind of say, well, what was wrong with that $3 key? I used to have it lasted the life of the car, you
0: know? Man, $3 keys are gone, buddy. <laughs>
2: well, you're right. You're They're right. they gone. That's a $150 key, but yeah. nonetheless. less. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and even that is kind of a, I guess, a, a reaction to a problem we got a bunch of thugs washing the streets, stealing cars, so we're going to make a $150 key to keep them doing it instead of just dealing with the problem of getting rid of the thugs. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a whole whole other show Exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, the the newer cars, I'm not taking anything away from them. And if you just want a new car, I mean, life's too short. By all means, get a new car. If that makes you feel good, God bless you. Grab you a new car and, and be happy with it. But the cost of maintaining the new cars is a lot 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 higher because all technology has a cost sure the first thing you're probably going to notice almost everything being built today requires synthetic oil it doesn't suggest synthetic oil it requires synthetic uh-huh. oil so now you're going to go from a 35 40 oil change to about a 100 dollars oil change
0: every three months
2: yeah well and they say you can go Five longer months. but you know what if you're planning on keeping the car any length of time you better not believe that either that's it because synthetic oil gets dirtier than regular oil so it's going to get dirty a whole lot faster but like all your new Toyota products with the Zero W20, Zero W20, synthetic. that is full synthetic all. Yes, it is. All you knew from 11 on up GM products, that's Dexos, which, which is, is synthetic, synthetic all. All right. your Ford products are synthetic or synthetic blend. They just require that because of the technology in the engine with the variable cam timing and the displacement on demand all the other garbage they're putting on there. And to me, I mean, they really haven't improved the gas mileage any appreciable amount for all the technology they're putting on there. Right. And, again, i keep going back to my old pet peeve. How did a Volkswagen Rabbit get 40 miles a gallon in 1970? There you go. <laughs> Without any of that stuff on there. But it's more and more and more that's on there. And I'm not saying if you like it. Some people are just decos. They just love, love that, the kind gotta have that kind of that's stuff. That stuff. That's
0: great. And yeah,
2: yeah. Just go ahead and go after out. it. Have fun. But I don't like having an owner's manual that has to be on an iPad. <laughs> 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 if there's that much data in there, you know, I just don't want to have to read it because I don't – I I'm used to a shorter learning curve now i want to get in here and just turn the key and go right i want to get from point a to point b and i don't want to have to figure out you know how to get my 12 year old grandson to come show me how to set the clock when uh, <laughs> daylight savings time changes because you, know, you can't figure out how to do all this stuff all that technology is great to a certain degree and for the folks who like or enjoy or embrace it but there's a lot of people out there who really don't like all that and the problem is they just don't really get a choice it's just on there
0: right when you buy it it's there
2: yeah, it's in there. You're not going to get around it. Things like the multi-speed transmissions, six, seven, eight gears in a transmission. Right. Well, the average folk who buys a car has no idea that that's in there until it breaks or until the traction control light pops on. Well, what's traction control?
0: Yeah, I didn't know I had that. About twenty five hundred dollars.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, geez, can't you just disconnect it? No, no, it was built in the car. There is no disconnecting it. It's, it's got to be fixed. That's right, because it's, it's shutting those things of down.
0: The part of electronics
2: It's part of it. Or the battery goes dead, and now the radio won't play because secured little SEC lights blinking. So secured, and they got to have a code, and they don't know the code.
0: Right. We we run into that. A good bit. All the time,
2: yeah. And, you know, it's just all these things kind of come along with that new car that you may or may not realize you're getting. Right. But they all add cost.
0: And that's why cars cost what they do today. Well,
2: that's one reason the average car is $42,000 now. Yeah. <laughs> Guy was out the other day and he had a transmission that had gone out in his car. He said, well, I'm going to look at cars and comes back says man a ford fusion is forty two thousand
0: bucks holy moly
2: really (laughs) i had no idea you know when can you fix that one yeah and he went ahead and he fixed it and called me back this week he says man that's the best money ever spent that thing drives like a brand new one i plan on driving another five six years there you go but more and more and more people are making the decision to do major repairs just for those reasons and i don't know if the car makers don't wake up and realize that not Everybody in the world
0: wants all that stuff.
2: You can it's, build some cars that way. But, it's
0: what they're selling now. Well, that's right. And it's it's hard to get around.
2: Well, you know, the, when the president of Ford Motor Company stands up in public and says, we're not worried about economy and we're not worried about quality. People don't buy that. They stood in line for two days to get the new iPhone. We're giving them technology because that's what they buy. Right. Well,
0: sell them what they'll buy.
2: I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got to worry about selling me one, but I guess I'm not, I'm not in a the sample there. There you go. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm just saying you need to kind of balance all that out. And I would like to see, I always want to regulate this, regulate that. Why not put some average repair costs on those cars?
0: I'd love to see that.
2: Yeah. What's a new set of tires for this thing going to cost me?
0: Good tires. My yeah, cheap tires.
2: Well, and you put a set of cheap tires, it's going to cost you a whole lot more than because it's going to tear up them flimsy wheel bearings that can't be serviced. That's it. I mean, stuff like just a headlight bulb on some of the newer stuff is 150 bucks for the bulb. Right. If the little transformer behind that little blue light bulb goes out, that's $500 per side, plus you got to take the bumper off I and was change them.
0: just fixing to say. Oh, yeah. It's not just swap the bulbs out anymore.
2: Absolutely incredible technology, and the cost is just mind-boggling. And, again, you know, we got, I guess, a sort of a negative view of it just because we, well, see, we see it all the time. I see the broken stuff, and I see the people anguishing over having to try to cough up the money to get this junk fixed. All I right. didn't even know it was on there in many, many cases. but. On and on and on again, these things just keep cropping up. A guy comes in the shop the other day, and the check engine light was on, on a Ford product, and it was an intake manifold runner control motor. Failed. He's like, what is an intake manifold runner control? I said, it's a little servo motor on the back of the intake, and it opens and closes ports to give you more or less airflow. Right. He says, well, what does it do? Well, really nothing, but it's on there, and this is saying it's not working. That's why. Well, can we just leave it off? No, you can't because you can't get an inspection sticker with it off. Well, now you've got to pull the entire intake manifold off. Thankfully, we were able to change just the servo motor on his, which wasn't but about $400 for the part and about $400 labor. Had the manifold runner control itself have failed, it's about 1500 bucks just for the part. Jeez. Yeah, and for what? I mean, I don't see where it gets any better gas mileage. It doesn't run any better. It doesn't have any more power. But it, it's there. It's in there. And it's got to be fixed. <laughs> it's like Ragu. It's in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, just something to think about. Leave you without on this dreary... Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, you know, we have just about squandered another whole hour. And want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning, every Saturday morning.
0: I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week on iTunes and iHeart. And I'm sure there's a few other ones out there. Oh, yeah.
2: Stitcher. And there's just piles of them. But if you would, just go on iTunes and go to the ratings and give us a rating if you, if you don't mind. Because that really, really helps us. It moves us up in the rankings. And as you move up the rankings and more and more people see you. So we'll get more and more folks listening. That's it. Which is the whole goal of the show. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.
4: Reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer.
6: Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat.
4: No doubt.
6: Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So
4: you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over the world.
6: No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repair work can cost you time and money down the road, and taking their vehicle to Agco means it gets fixed right the first time. So,
4: if you want to learn more about how Louis Altazan is a servant to an alien overlord, visit AgcoAuto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com.
6: Dave, you're really trying to boost ratings, aren't
4: you? Uh, sorry.
6: Wait, Dave. Congress is no longer deadlocked, and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish. Yes, people, our tax money hard at work. I'm Kit Moyer, signing off.